You've just accessed Shekinah glory, the place where God dwells among His people. Prepare now to receive the Lord as Pastor Rex Ricks connects you to the power of God through the prophetic revelatory preaching and teaching of the Word of the Kingdom of God. Experience the revelation of Jesus Christ on another level from the place where God dwells among His people. Now, hear the Word of the Lord. I want to continue our teaching on embracing God's love, and I want it to somewhat marinate in your hearts. Because when you look at uprooting rigid beliefs, old mindsets, it's not going to come in one or two or possibly three 30-minute sessions. So it's important that I hear God. I take these scriptures. I go home. I meditate on them. And I, and I ask myself, Lord, is it me? Am I stuck in tradition and religion? Am I operating under works? Or do I understand the grace of Jesus? And I understand that who the sun sets free is truly free indeed. So um, I'm going to give you some things that I've already said. I'll go over some things that I've already said. And just let me say this. When I was in school of ministry and when I would attend the worship services on Sunday at Crenshaw Christian Center under um, Apostle Frederick Casey Price, every Sunday he would, you know, depending if he was on a series, he would start off in the, the same whatever passage of scripture. And I was thinking, dude, you read that scripture last week. The next week. Does he not know he's repeating himself? A month goes by. He is still in Romans. But guess what? I was changing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by declaring the word of God. So through that repetition, guess what? It was uprooting mindsets. And what we mess up one time, you hear one verse and can't remember it. You don't know anything other than what the preacher said other than the title of his message. So uh, learning is repetitious. Amen. Renewing the mind comes by repetition. So we've been talking about embracing God's love. Will you say that? Embracing God's love. So three things thus far that we've ascertained is number one, God's love is everlasting. God's love is everlasting. There's never been a moment in time where God did not love you. And we've walked through the scriptures and we've seen that God loves us with an everlasting love. I walked you through Romans 8. And the word of God shows us that while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. Listen, and not only that, since he died for us, how much more shall we be saved? Watch this, from the wrath of Jesus. Now, I, I want you to put a pin there because we're going to get back into this. This thing has shifted from embracing God's love to no longer accept or think that God is testing you. God has no reason to test you. Hmm. Watch this now. What's the purpose of the test? Nowhere. Someone say nowhere. In the New Testament. Do you see God testing anyone? Now, the New Testament starts with the birth of the church or the book of Acts. I know we consider James, Matthew, Mark, Luke, uh, excuse me, uh, 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the New Testament, but the Gospels aren't actually the New Testament. Jesus was still living. The New Testament started at the birth, the ascension of Jesus, okay? But nowhere in the New Testament do you see God testing anyone. Now, what you do find is that believers being tested as a result of their faith. Who remembers what we've seen in James where the word of God says, let no man say when he's been tempted or tested that he's been tested by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, nor does he test or tempt anyone. Then he goes to say, well, men are tempted or tested when they're drawn away by their own lust and desires. Okay? Because, again, this is important. Because if I think God is testing me, then that again puts me back under works. And under the old covenant, it was based upon obedience. If you obey and serve, if you obey and do, then you will get. But once Jesus came and fulfilled what was spoken, now the just shall live by faith. Whereas now God accepts me when I'm good, or when I'm bad, if I'm in faith, watch this, be good, but the blessings aren't contingent upon me being good. Because now I'm saying, if I do this and I get, I'm back under works, being that I have to perform to get. And that's the law. And I'm, I want to show you something. Jesus said, man, once you've been free, don't get back up under that bondage. Stay free. Oh. And I see why he wants me to teach this message because there are a lot of believers who really believe that everything bad that happens is associated with God. Man, God is good. So thus far, we've learned that God's love is what? Unconditional. As a matter of fact, if I get because I'm good, now that's, that makes his love conditional. It's based on conditions. And we hear people saying, let me give you some more review. So number one, God's love is what? Unconditional. We, we also seen that God's love is everlasting. So that means from eternity's past, God has always loved you. And last week we learned that God's love is compelling. So today I want to talk about God's love is good. But again, you can't even embrace his love if your perception of him is wrong. So it's important that I understand the true nature of God, and that is God is love. Huh. Write this down. I've been saying this the last couple of weeks, couple of weeks. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What comes to our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. How I see God shapes everything else I do. How my philosophy about God will determine how I respond to God. And if, and if I think God, again, is this sinister God, this angry God looking to slay me every time I do wrong, then that's going to affect my response to him. And I said this a couple of weeks ago. Statistically, they say that children often view God in light of how their parents treat them. So if, notice, our parents often say, if you're good, I do this. Santa Claus is not going to bring you a gift if you're bad. 
So we grow up thinking that I have to be good in order for God to bless me. So when things don't happen, not realizing that they're not manifesting because I'm not in faith, I'm thinking there's, it's happening because I haven't been good. And let me tell you something. And you hear people saying this, I haven't found this scripture yet. God don't bless mess. I haven't found that scripture. Don't be a mess. But if it, watch this though, but if the mess operates in faith, the mess have to be blessed. Why? Because God reigns on the just as well as the unjust. And if an unjust person applies biblical principles, just take giving for example, then they have to reap because I've gotten into the law of sowing and reaping. I know a lot of uh, uh, people with jacked up attitudes, but their bills are paid and they have plenty, but their attitudes are bad. And I know a lot of good people who love God who broke because they think it's based upon their performance. And it's based upon your faith. But our philosophy about God will determine our response to him. How we view him shapes everything we do. And notice, I, I've been reading this scripture. Write this down. Write this down. John 4, 24 says, God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Listen to this. You cannot truly, freely, and fully worship God apart from knowing the truth. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. How can I worship him freely if I don't know the truth? And I don't have the truth if I think every time I miss it, God is hunting me down. So I can't freely worship him because of guilt and condemnation. In the people of the old covenant, conscience could never be seared because they didn't know if they were good enough or not. Whereas under the new covenant, Lord said, I will write my law on your hearts and the just shall live by faith, believing. Boy, that's. Uh. Let me ask you this. What comes to your mind when you think about God? What comes to your mind? Do you see God as being good or bad? Just ask yourself this question. It, how, when you think about God, how do you view God? Watch this. If you miss it, do you think you're no longer saved because you kind of had a salty attitude with the server at Walmart? Or do you think, man, I'm out, I'm out of right relations with God? What comes to your mind when you think of God? Do you see him as being good or bad? Listen to this, Jeremiah 29, 11. I alone know the plans I have for you. Plans to bring you prosperity and not disaster. Plans to bring about the future you hope. Notice what the Lord said. Now, I don't know what you've been told, but my plans for you are for you to prosper. My plans for you is not to bring disaster. My plans for you is that you have the future that you desired. But every time something disastrous happened, it's an act of God. The moment, the moment, I pray we got Wi-Fi today, Wi-Fi today. The moment Adam abdicated the promise, the moment, I want to share something. The, the moment he forfeited the promise, okay, meaning he disobeyed God, the earth went, the earth started decaying, okay? What did I say? You, you hear? Listen, guys, let, let, me, let, me, let me do this. Let me do this. Listen to this. 
just because you haven't heard something before doesn't mean that it's not true. <laughs> so before I kick it and reject it and fight against them old beliefs, do search it. So the moment Adam fell, when sin entered the world, the earth went into chaos, a chaotic state, meant a state of decay. That's why Revelation talks about there's going to be a new Jerusalem, talking about heaven. It's going to come down to earth. It's going to be a new earth. And God's going to dwell among his people. So this earth is going to be decayed. It's being infected with sin. Okay. Romans 8.21. Can you get that in the NLT for me? Check this out. And I'm saying that to say, which explains hurricanes and tornadoes. It's not that God is doing it. The earth is in a state of decay. So why does God have to get blamed for the hurricane? It's just a natural process process of the earth decaying but if if i think god's doing it and god forbid the house gets destroyed or whatever i'm i I, I may leave the church because why would god do that who's that's not god there's no temptation that has come upon you that which is except that which is common to man being that there are things that happens just common to just common just happens to everybody Everybody car may break down something. Well, not everybody, but there's going to be people. There, there are heathens caught at breakdowns or Christians caught. That's a, just a natural cause. Man's imperfect. Man is not perfect. So there may be flaws in. Oh, I was walking, slipping and fell. Who haven't failed? That's a natural part of passive. Uh, my water pump went out that's not because you missed church Sunday the car's 30 years old it might be a new car it's just the water pumps go out but we gotta stop thinking that this is God getting me every time something natural happens are you here listen to this watch this <laughs> verse Romans eight twenty two says the creation, talking about the earth, looks forward to the day it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. So the earth is saying, not only are y'all waiting for Jesus to come back, I'm waiting for a new body too. Boy, y'all. So, and I wanted to say that because when we look at tornadoes and hurricanes and things, we are automatically always associated with God. So what comes to mind when you think about God? Do you blame God or do you blame him for everything that's bad? I want to ask you these questions. Give me, some, give me a time. Do you blame God for everything that's bad? John 10, 10. Listen to this. The thief comes, talking about the devil, only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. This is what Jesus said. Now, notice we just seen that his plan for you is to prosper you, not to bring about disaster, but that you may reach your desired future. Okay? Or an expected end. The thief, Jesus said, and if you have your Bible, it's in the red. And what does that mean? Well, let me tell you, he said what's in the black too. Why? Because the word of God was inspired as God breathed upon the hearts of men and they wrote as they were inspired. So not only did he say what was in the red, he said what was in the black. 
But I know what you're trying to say. I know what you mean. Because when it was written on stone, it wasn't read. <laughs> I just, we did that, but nothing. nothing. I'll give it to you. Watch this. Jesus said, I came that they may have life, listen to this, and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. So when something bad's happened, let, let, let's not look. No, God said, man, I came that you may have life. This is the Amplified Version. And have it until, it, until it's filled, full, and overflows. Look at somebody say, God wants you to have an overflowing life. Let me ask you another question. Notice I said one, the, the most important question that man could ask is, how do I view God? When you miss it, listen to this, when you miss it, do you feel like God is going to punish you when you miss it? Do you feel like God is going to punish you? Man, I, I, didn't, I didn't do my devotion this morning. Do your devotion. Plan your schedule, right? But don't feel like something bad is going to happen because you didn't do your devotion. Do your devotion. Listen to this. Guys, we're talking about embracing God's love, but watch this. And it's knowing the truth about him I cannot fully embrace God's love if my perception of God is wrong how can you really love somebody who you think is out to punish you and I'm not saying that there are not consequences behind making bad decisions but don't blame God why we always got to blame God you could be a born born again believer go up here and hold up Walmart and get shot seven times we can't say why would God let that happen the fool shouldn't have did it What do you do it for? Watch this. Psalm 103.10 says this. Now, I ask you, I ask you, when you miss it, do you feel like God is going to punish you? Listen to Psalms 103, verse 10. He does not punish us as we deserve or repay us according to our sins and wrongs. Man, what you been thinking about God? Because watch this, if, I, if my thoughts of him is wrong, then I cannot receive correctly. Hebrews 11, 6 says, says this, uh, those who come to God must first believe, hold on, that he is, slow down, that he is what? Everything that the word of God said he is. Watch this. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But see, I first must believe that he is what? what did I believe that he is what? What the word says he is. And if I don't believe that he is, I cannot receive. For without faith, it is an impossible to please God. For those who uh, believe must, for those who come to him must first believe and believe that he is, that he is what? I, that's New Testament. I take it back to Old Testament. I am that I am. I am what? Whatever you need me to be. Boy, y'all, I am your doctor. If you need a doctor, why? I am Jehovah Jireh. I am your healer. If you need me to. Jehovah Rapha, excuse me. I am your provider. If you need one, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. 
I am there if you feel alone. Why? Because I'm Jehovah Shammah. I am wherever you are. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Watch this. Watch this. I am your army if you should need one. Why? Because I'm Jehovah Nisi, the Lord God, thy banner. Fights my battles. But if I don't believe that he is, man, boy, watch this, boy. I don't know about this because this is, I'm going to end on this one because, no, I am. This is a hard one. Do you believe? Yeah, I am. I'm really going to end on this one because I don't. Boy, I love teaching, man. I wish I would sit for an hour, but I won't sit for 30 minutes. So I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm only going to give you 30. <laughs> Good to see you, Deacon Williams. Bless you, sir. Watch this. Now, th this is going to be a hard one, boy. Do you feel cursed by God if you don't tithe? Oh, I done lost everybody on that one. Oh, he done flipped it now. I keep saying this all the time. If my philosophy is wrong about God, then my theology about God is going to be wrong. So, so if I see him wrong, then everything else that encompasses him is going to be off kilter. Because we've been heard that you are cursed with a curse. Now, brace yourselves. I, I'm going to be honest, even with me, in my earlier years when I didn't have the full revelation of the scripture, I've probably said that before. I'm saying it true and live when I didn't know any better. You're cursed with a curse. Thank God for study. But, but, but listen, saints, listen. Let me tell you something. You are not a cursed people. You are blessed. He's talking about five minutes. I got, I'm going to give you five. I might have to give you six, depending on how long I can. But you're not cursed, guys. Tithe. Now, there's a whole lot of debate on that. But listen, there, there was a tithe that antedated the law, before the law. There was a tithe under the law. And a tithe after the law. It was only incorporated under the law because when God established a priest among the community, it, it was a way to show them how to honor and give God his portion because they lived off the land. The priest had no allotment. Okay, everybody could get as much as they want, but the priest had to serve in the temple. So they tithed uh, as a way to make sure that there was always food in the house of God. Okay, but even before that, they tithed. People tithed to God's to other deities. It wasn't just Abram tithing to Melchizedek. There were other people who tied to gods and what it was, it was a sign of that my blessings come from you. So whoever people tied to, they were saying that my blessings come from you. That's why when Abraham recovered Lot from his enemies and they wanted to, hey man, we're going to give you this, give you that. He said, man, no, I don't want any of that because I, I, I'm not going to let you say that you bless me. So he didn't receive any other spoils. But he knew where his blessings come from. That's why he tied to Melchizedek. Okay? But, 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 but I want to show you something. These people were agriculturalists. How many know they lived off the land? Okay? Now, 
Let's go to the beginning. In Genesis 1, the word of God says this. Do y'all remember it? after creation, then God made man? Do y'all, do y'all remember this? Y'all talk to, talk to me, man. Do y'all okay. Okay, in Genesis 1, 28, it says this. Listen. Then, after he made man, it says, then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that, that moves on the earth. You were blessed from the beginning. You were blessed from the beginning. Right? To have dominion. That's why when you look at Genesis, everything from Genesis to Revelation, no S, Revelation. John had one revelation, not revelations. It was one revelation. Okay, it's not, take the S off. Stop saying revelations. It was one revelation. So stop saying revelations. Revelation. Son. Everything from Genesis to Revelation is trying to get us back to Genesis to live the way we're supposed to be before Adam fell. Okay, you guys follow me? So it, all Adam was supposed to do was just live, speak, and just enjoy, worship, fellowship with God. But when he abdicated or forfeited the promise by touching the tree that was not to be touched, it brought about death. Remember he said, in the day you shall eat of its fruit, you shall surely die. Well, he didn't die immediately. But it caused a spiritual separation and uh, uh, alienation from God, which brought about a physical death. That's why at that moment, death began. And if you notice, it got shorter and shorter because I think Methuselah was 969 years old. See, we're supposed to be eat, eat, live eternally, which we are. But notice over the years, it gets lower and lower. Okay? But, but check this out. So when Adam did that, look what the Lord said. Now he blessed him in chapter one, right? Genesis three seventeen says this. See, I saw him struggling with that because you think you cursed because you didn't tithe. Because in what we do now, uh, uh, and, and, and you need to study Hebrews. Hebrews tells us that when we tithe now, it's a witness that Jesus still lives. Then the Bible also talks about how there was a change in priesthood. And Jesus is after the order of Melchizedek. And they tithe then as a representative of that my blessings flow from you. So when we tithe now, it's not out of pressure. It's not out of being forced to. I do it freely because I know I ain't do this on my own. I know I'm smart, but I'm not that smart. I, I couldn't have done this. I know I went to Yale or Harvard or wherever, but man, I, I'm not so smart to believe that I did this on my own. So let me honor the one from where all blessings flow. That's the way we do it now. But watch this, and I'm going to close. Genesis 3.17 says this. Then Adam, excuse me, then to Adam he said, this is when Adam fell, right? Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you should not eat of it. Watch this. Here we go right here. Cursed is the ground for your sake. God didn't curse you. He cursed the ground. He didn't curse man. But since the ground is cursed, he said now that which was supposed to produce for you, you got to get out here and labor and toil for it to come to you. Boy, 
That's why he said, curse is the ground for your sake. In tar you shall you eat of it all the days of your life. Whereas before it was just supposed to produce, but now you got to get out here and hustle and make it come to you. So he said, curse is the ground. Right? Now, when you get to Malachi 3, let's listen to this now. He says, you know, he starts off with a man robbed God. Yes, you have robbed me. What? Ties it off. Um, um, verse 9 says, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Right? You are cursed with a curse. First, he's not talking about as an individual, but as a nation. Notice they were agriculturalists. Let's keep reading. I see some still, I can't receive, my preacher said, I'm cursed. That's why ain't nothing manifest, because you think you're cursed. Back up under the law. <laughs> Verse 10 says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me. Now, and this says the Lord, if I would not open the windows of heaven, pour out your blessing, there would not be room enough for you to receive. Verse 11 says this, look at this. First of all, everybody telling you cursed, what does curse mean? We don't even know what curse means. We just curse, curse. That word curse in the Hebrew, it means to eat at. To eat at. What does it mean? To eat at. You're cursed with a curse. So here's what it's saying. Now look. When you, you take, when you keep my portion, the ground that is supposed to produce for you, it's not going to produce because there are going to be things that will eat at it and stop it from producing y'all missing this that's why whenever you tithe things happen for you he stops things from eating up your seed when you uh, boy y'all almost if I had on my Sunday shoes I'd shout for you but I don't have my Sunday shoes on I got my Got my sneakers. <laughs> Listen, and see, that's even yoked up religion. I got to have on my Sunday shoes, man. I shout barefooted if, if I think about the goodness of God. But check this out. Verse 11 says this, and I will rebuke the devourer. Bugs and insects that will eat at what you planted in the ground for your sakes. But, but here it go, though. Here it go. Watch this. So they will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Boy, God Tomati. With Adam, he cursed the ground. The ground, not you. You're not cursed. The ground. Notice he said, I will stop the devourer from eating up that which you have planted in the ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit in the field, says the Lord of hosts. So he said, whenever we honor him, anything that I, when I honor him, so he, man, I can, nothing can be stopped from coming back to you. Why? Because you have given me honor. Now, now, now do it, but if you don't do it, God still loves you, and you are still, ble the blessing may not be, but, but here's, here's, I like to say it like this. It's like having a, a, a MasterCard. Say you got a Visa card with a $10,000 credit limit. Well, th th that's good, but it's no good if it's maxed out. You got one, but it's not fully functioning and working for you. See, when you give, not only are, are, are you honoring God, but you got the blessing, and the blessing is fully functional and working for you. Yeah, you're still saved. Yeah, God still loves you. might be broke, but God still loves you. But don't say that you're cursed. I ain't cursed. I, ain't, I can't buy you lunch, but I, I'm still blessed. But I'm not cursed. 
Why is he yelling? Why is he yelling? And listen, I'm going to let you... I'm going to let you think about that the next weekend because I know it's a hard period when you've been taught you curse. God, listen, I'm, I'm done. Watch, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Oh, Eddie Long, watch this, 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 though, seriously, watch this. So I say, I'm watching. <laughs> Look, watch this, though, for real. When Balak. Balak seen, King Balak seen that the Israelites were mighty. He was afraid. And he told Balaam, said, listen, this is what I want you to do. I want you to curse God's people. I give you silver, gold. If you just curse God's, I got the money. to. I, I can take care of you. And the Lord spoke to Balaam. He said, this is what you tell him. Matter of fact, he said, you cannot curse what God has blessed Watch, I don't care how much money you have. That, that I don't care. Why would, that, that, that's why, listen to what I'm saying. Stop confessing generational curses. Listen to this. Generational curse is not even in the Bible. Go find it. Look, look up, try to look up generational curse. You're not going to find it in the Bible. There are tendencies and habits and, and pathologies that has passed down generationally, but the generational curse is not biblical. People say it. But nobody can give you scripture for it. And you should know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So stop claiming because daddy had this, you had, man, I'm under the blood. And and whatever might have been on this family, once you come in contact with an anointing, any man being Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away. That meant whatever was attached to your family and behold, all things have become new. But, but man, it's, it's what we're believing about God. Everything I'm saying to you, go study it. I don't, I mean, I don't, it's, it's free information out here. But God didn't curse you. He cursed the ground. Now watch this. And when you understand that, you will want to honor him. You missed that. You will want to do it. And not and see and most see and, and here's and I submit to you why a lot of people aren't reaping a full manifestation as they should because they're doing it out of fear of the wrong mindset that if I don't do it the, something's gonna break because that's what we're being told man you don't tired man your house gonna fall over your body gonna get sick D- don't you dare God doesn't have to inflict you to get your attention let me tell you how you, God gets your attention by talking to you. Not you, your car having to flip over 15 times and that's not God. That's evil. I'm, I'm going to close with this. Can I read this verse? Listen to this. This is in Galatians and I pick up here next week. Listen to this. In Galatians 5. Again, Paul is talking to Christians who were under Judaism, the law of Moses. They, they, were, they were strict adherence to works, right? And Paul's like, man, I'm, I'm kind of and all the child would turn back to living that way. You being free, why would y'all go back to that? It's not, it's not based on works. Because there were false teachers saying, you know, you have to do this, you have to be circumcised, you have to be this, you have to, and Christ is our circumcision. So there's no longer performing or going through these rituals in order to be right before God. This is what he says in verse one, chapter five, Galatians. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure 
that you stay free. See, he didn't have to tell me that but one time. I'm making sure that I stay free. When I seen this years ago, oh, you ain't got to show me again. I'm going to stay free. And don't get tied. Then he said, don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Thinking you got to be right. Think you got to have all the T's crossed, all the dots added to get dot, all the I's dotted to get blessed. Verse three. I said again, if you are trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. And you can't, not just relative to circumcision, but you think you're doing anything else that make you right before God. Verse 4 says, for if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You've fallen away from God's grace. So when we're trying to do things on our own will and effort to be right, Jesus said, man, you've fallen away from grace. You're working too hard. Verse 5, but we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised us. So we're made righteous when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. That's how we become righteous, not by going through a bunch of rituals. Verse 6, for when, listen to this, for when we placed our faith in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit of being circumcised or being uncircumcised or doing things to be right. What's important is faith expressed itself in love. He said, what's, what's important is not you trying to do this to be right. What's important is you have faith and it's expressed. Do you see this itself in love? Verse 10, and this is my prayer. This is my prayer. Same thing Pastor Paul said. I am trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings, God would judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. So that's my prayer. But see, watch this. The word of God says that the tradition of men has made the word of God a non effect. And we could hear something so long, man, that even when somebody showed me, I, I don't believe that, Rev. I, I, just, I, I, I just wasn't raised like that, that what I was taught. I'm, and you showing them right here in the Bible. Well, well, I, I, I just believe that you curse. That, that's what I was taught, and th that's how I came up, and that's I'm gonna just stick with that. That's foolishness. You falling away from grace. That's why the scripture says, "Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman need not be ashamed." Rightly dividing the word of truth. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.